0: Welcome to Fuck the Fables. If destroying your childhood is something you enjoy, you've come to the right place. This month's theme is weddings, and Doo is bringing us the story of Pandora and her box, which sounds. <laughs> Sorry, <You> know... <laughs> I went like teenage there. <laughs> we're
1: we're we're eleven-year-old boys. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, actually, I don't know this. What on earth does this have to do with a wedding? (laughs) Yes. So,
1: realizing that our theme was weddings, I figured this was kind of appropriate because most people are probably like you and don't know much beyond Pandora had a box that she opened up and unleashed all of like the bad things in the world, and the store is like way more involved than that. So, (laughs) just kind of. Plotted perfectly. So I do have a content warning for this episode, and it is, um, so this episode includes torture, mutilation, and forced marriage, but I'm also going to label it as non-consensual relations because one of the people is unable to consent, and the other one consents under duress. So it's like you'll understand when we get there. <laughs> it sounds- Wait.
0: Are you telling me that this is our second episode of 2021 and there's zero cannibalism?
1: Zero cannibalism.
0: Oh my gosh, it's a theme! <laughs> and, we did it! We did it!
1: And Hera is not in any way in this episode either.
0: So the Hera counter can retire.
1: Greek mythology with no Hera. It's going to be, a, you know, I'm impressed.
0: <laughs> we, should, we should have a celebratory cake. couple months if we keep up this no cannibalism theme oh wait no my story in march is gonna ruin that um so before march if we keep up this non-cannibalism theme uh we should have a cake and go to a baker and ask them to put congrats on not being cannibals or something (laughs) i'm a (laughs) professional literally write this on a cake
1: (laughs) i love it also maybe we need to celebrate in march because my story in march technically also has cannibalism
0: oh man (laughs) we're going so strong we're already there
1: we're doing so well and then cannibalism
0: we can't stay away it's just too good
1: (laughs) you know it's it's really hard to find stories that involve cannibalism just saying
0: Uh, (laughs) all right That is very true.
1: It is. It's crazy. It's like I try to find stories from Greek mythology that don't involve incest, and this is like maybe one of like the next six that don't involve
0: incest. It was a long, messed up lineage.
1: (laughs) (sighs) All righty. So back to Pandora. (laughs) So for the story of Pandora, we're gonna start before Pandora. We kind of like have to set the stage so we're gonna go way back in time to the time of the titans so for those who don't know the titans are kind of like the group of people who preceded the gods um and mixed in with the titans are the primordial beings such as like nyx who is the night sky chaos um nyx's children death sleep like they're all kind of like primordial beings anyways so we are going to focus specifically on the titan Prometheus, which a lot of people probably know. So Prometheus actually means forethinker in Greek, and he was considered a very intelligent titan. However, he was a trickster, and he had control over fire, so he's very similar to the Norse god Loki, who was the god of fire and mischief. And so because of this, he is considered a master crafter. So, Prometheus is the son of Iapetus and Clymene, and he has three brothers, Atlas, Epimetheus, and Menodius. I should have looked up how to say some of these names, (laughs) but I definitely did not. (laughs) So, the four titans are considered to be the ancestors of humanity in Greek mythology, and so each one plays a part in creating the worst qualities that humanity has to offer not the good these are the worst (laughs) so yeah our ancestors were a bunch of dicks so (laughs) (laughs) so prometheus is sly and clever which represents crafty scheming um epimetheus is inept and dumb as a fucking doornail so he um represents foolishness and stupidity um, Atlas is strong and powerful, and able to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders, which represents daring to the point of excess. And then <laughs> lastly, we have <laughs> Minodius, who is considered to be an arrogant titan, and he actually represents violence in humanity. So, Atlas, obviously, I talked about briefly in Hercules. So, just a quick recap. Which um, he was cursed by Zeus to hold up the sky because he sided with the Titans during the war with the gods. So essentially what happened is the gods rose up to fight the Titans and take over control of the world and things didn't go so well for the Titans. Um, so Atlas's brother, well, I guess all of their brothers. So, uh, Menodius also sided with the Titans. That's pretty much all that's really known about him. I mean, he was sent to Tartarus. Specifically, I believe he would have been sent to Everest, which is where the, like, evil beings and primordial beings and stuff live um, in the underworld. And they're, like, never allowed to come back up. So then, with those two gone, we just have Prometheus and Epimetheus. And they both survive and are allowed to live on Earth because they actually sided with the gods during the war, not the Titans. So... Although they sided with the gods, Prometheus kind of didn't really care for the gods, and he wanted to make something of note for himself to, like, make himself, ow, just hit my desk, (laughs) make himself, like, important. So he created, from some clay, humankind. So Prometheus is the, like, forefather, if you will. So... The gods didn't particularly mind this because it kind of gave them, like, people to worship them and offer them tribute and for them to, you know, fuck around with (coughs) Zeus, (laughs) but they didn't want to share their knowledge with these, like, dumb beings, so they didn't want anything that they knew how to do be given to them. Why? I don't know. They're greedy bastards. What can you do? So Prometheus didn't feel like that was cool. Like, he believed that knowledge should be shared between everybody. It shouldn't just be, like, hoarded. So when he looked upon his creations and saw that they were cold and hungry and scared of the dark, he decided to try and fix their problems by giving them fire. So a lot of people know Prometheus is one who made fire. Um, Zeus did not like this, so one night when Prometheus snuck out to the humans, he brings them the gift of fire. So he got the gift of fire, and Zeus, upon seeing this, is absolutely outraged. He cannot believe that this titan double-crossed him. He won't stand for it. So he orders that Prometheus be brought to him for punishment. So as his punishment, Prometheus is taken to a mountain, and they chain him up to this giant boulder and then he summons an eagle that comes, and the eagle's task each day is to come and peck away at Prometheus until it can reach his liver, and then eat it. Every day when the eagle leaves, Prometheus's liver will replenish, and his skin will come back, and then the next morning the eagle comes, and this is his punishment for eternity.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) That's creative. You've got to give him credit. Yeah.
1: well, you know, the, the Titans were immortal, like you couldn't kill them. So this is, you know, how they punish them. So if you remember back to my Hercules episode, Hercules actually kills this eagle and frees Prometheus during his 12 labors to become a god. So it's kind of where that little overlap. He encounters two Titans. Imagine that shit. <laughs> um, so before Hercules appears, so Prometheus is still chained up dealing with this eagle bullshit... Um, His last remaining brother, Epimetheus, comes to pay him a visit. Now, whereas Prometheus means forethinker, Epimetheus means afterthought, so he is considered to be the opposite of Prometheus, which is why he's dumb as fuck and ignorant. So Epimetheus was actually given a task by the gods to give all living creatures a positive trait. So he went around to all of the animals and whatnot and, like, bestowed a gift on them. But then when he came to newly created mankind, he didn't have any gifts to give, which is why he's afterthought. that. Whoops! <laughs> he's humans! <laughs> he's not so you good. You know
0: one. what? We're probably better off without his gift, anyway. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know. He gave all the other animals good gifts.
0: So I don't know if he's it, if the afterthought, I feel like he would be just like scrounging for some. oh, sorry, I forgot you guys here. Have plague. Plague is good, right? They <laughs> were supposed to be positive
1: traits. So he gets
0: plague
1: everything. is positive, right? I
0: mean, <laughs> I mean true. He's he as dumb as a rock, so that's what I'm imagining like he just doesn't get it.
1: He he is kind of dumb. Like you, you'll see. He's he has no common sense whatsoever.
0: So anyway, like he would he would be the person to give humanity small fox blankets. Like that's what I'm imagining.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, Epimetheus goes to visit Prometheus and to just kind of like check in on how he is. Which I imagine Prometheus is like, I'm being eaten alive by a bird every day. Life's great, but
0: <laughs> this <laughs> um, glorious is Epimetheus- living.
1: Right. You know, it's the best. Luxury, five-star, 10 out of ten, you know? So Epimetheus hasn't really had, like, an issue with the gods, um, simply because he's just, like, flown under the radar. So he's not doing anything. The gods don't take notice. So when he goes to visit Prometheus, Prometheus gives him a warning, and his warning is, do not take anything the gods offer, which... Epimetheus is like, duh, why would I take something from them when I'm staring right at, like, what their punishment will be. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he does. <laughs> he forgot! <laughs>
0: like, don't take anything from the gods except this one thing that he decided to take, because, I mean, I'm sure it's fine, right?
1: This one right! Thing. That's his whole thought process. Right. So, after this like conversation with Prometheus, he kind of retreats back to his little home in the woods and just lo- continues to live out this lonely life. So, Because Zeus is just like his sister wife Hera, he has to have his eyes on everything at all times. So he sees Epimetheus talking to Prometheus, and he does not like this. So he decides that Epimetheus needs to be punished as well because he feels that there's like some sort of scheming going on. Um, So he decides that for this punishment, he's going to have his son Hephaestus. Um create a
0: being. So this garth- He's create a bean. A being. A being. be-ing. It's like an hour and Jack and the Beanstalk territory.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna make a giant bean, and from this bean, yeah, no. <laughs> so in a place we can make a person. Okay. <laughs> and he creates a beautiful woman that is said to rival that uh, the looks of any goddess. Because um, Prometheus created man, Hephaestus creates woman. So just clarifying that. Mm. Yeah, she's the first woman. So Zeus, pleased with this work, asks for the other gods to grant her some gifts. So kind of like everyone gives her like a gift or five. Um, So I'm just going to cover like a handful that are kind of pertinent to this. So Athena teaches the woman how to weave an embroider, because for those who don't know, Athena is considered a master weaver. Um, Aphrodite gives her grace unending, and what is literally described as cruel longing, and I tried so hard to look up exactly what cruel longing meant, and I I couldn't figure out cruel how to, Yeah, how to explain what cruel longing
0: meant. Wouldn't it be like... <laughs> forever wanting something that you could never have
1: i guess i don't know like i tried so hard to look up what they meant by cruel longing and i just couldn't gift. It. yeah that was her grace unending and cruel longing were aphrodite's gifts to her
0: well it's aphrodite i bet it's like longing after like unrequited love right like
1: longing after a guy <laughs> i have no idea it just said cruel longing I don't know. Again, I tried really hard to figure it out. I just couldn't. So anyways. um, So Hermes gives her the gift of speech and lying.
0: Is everything like a good and a bad?
1: (laughs) No. No. You'll see. And he is also the one who gives her a name. And her name is Pandora. So um, Athena and a couple other of groups... Um, get together to clothe her. And these other groups are the Charities, the Horay, and Persuasion. And together they come up with this beautiful gown that was as dark as night, and then they crown her in this beautiful veil and cover her in jewels. Um, so I threw a lot of names out there, so we're just going to kind of take a small little break to explain some of these, because the gods, I'm sure, are pretty familiar, but, like, some of these other ones I don't think most people are going to know. So... The Charities are also known as the Graces, and they represent beauty, charm, and fertility. So they are a three goddess, a triple goddess, and they are the daughters of Zeus. Um, They're not really super important, but I did want to point out two things. One, they are not the same thing as the Muses. Muses are an entirely different thing. And two, there is a charity named Talia. And that is also the name of a muse, but they are not the same person. <laughs> so I just want to clarify that.
0: <laughs> it's a common god name. It's
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, so another one that I said were the Hore. So the Hore were the goddesses of the seasons, and they are also a triple goddess. Now, I'm sure someone is out there wondering, I just said they're the goddesses of the seasons, which means there should be four of them, there's only three. So the reason that there are only three goddesses of the seasons is because Winter is actually controlled by Persephone when she travels to the underworld to live with Hades each year.
0: And contrary to lore, Olympus, it's not a love match.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I may eventually cover that one. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Just saying. I almost did it for this one, but I thought this was a much (laughs) better wedding story. um yeah so then the last goddess that i mentioned is persuasion or pethio and she is exactly what her name is and she is the greek goddess personification of persuasion both sexual and political so all forms of persuasion are hers
0: well and
1: so this is important because she is the right hand man if you will of aphrodite so she is like always you know that person that stands like one step behind Aphrodite so she's there for the whole Trojan War that goes on all of that and she is actually said to be part of the reason why the events happen that lead to the Trojan War yes (laughs) so she's not to be trifled with just saying let me finish my drink real quick (laughs) all right so now that's done back to Pandora so, Zeus is pleased, because, of course, he is. She's hot as fuck. That's all he cares about. You um, so... didn't
0: bang her first? No. no I'm surprised. No. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed in Zeus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's got his own fuckery stuff to go. Al- he has to make up for Hera in this, okay?
0: I guess. I just thought that anything with tits he would go for, so.
1: True. No. I guess. And Clint, this is a he,
0: new thing. He,
1: he, he draws the line at clay people, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess you gotta have that line somewhere. <laughs> you know, i I'm just saying,
1: I don't know. <laughs> so um, Zeus takes Pandora to the home of Epimetheus and Zeus greets him like they were old friends, like hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you in a while. I must be lonely out here. You know, what can I do to help you? I have the perfect thing. I brought a gift. So that's when he pulls up Pandora and presents her to Epimetheus. And he's like, look, I brought you a beautiful wife. Now you won't be so lonely. And this presents Epimetheus with a choice. Decline the gift and bring the wrath of Zeus upon himself. Or accept her and all the possible scheming that the gods have in store by this offer. And you'll never guess what Epimetheus chooses. Cheese. (laughs) (laughs) So he decides that taking Pandora as his wife would be the better option and decides to agree to this marriage.
0: Isn't that a gift from the gods? It is a gift from the gods. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb-dumb.
1: So Pandora is happy and excited and probably a little bit nervous. Reminder, she is only like five minutes old, okay? This is why I said she can't consent to this marriage. She's fine. She has no idea
0: what's going on.
1: (laughs) And so she's being forced to marry this Titan, but, like, he seems pretty nice and he's not, like, ugly, I suppose, but this is all
0: just a big scheme, right? Like,
1: And, like, this was her entire purpose. She was made to marry this titan. Like, that was the only reason she was created, was to function. Poor Pandora. So, before Zeus leaves, he takes Pandora aside and says, I have a gift just for you, because all brides get a gift on their wedding day. And he hands her a pithos jar with a lid on it and tells her that under no circumstances should she open it. And that's then, a
0: dumb yeah. gift. And <laughs> Here's a message. present that's all wrapped up for you, but you can never open it. Just look right.
1: at it. Right. So then, with that message, he disappears and leaves them alone. Now, for those who don't He's know dumb. what a Pistos jar is, so the best way I can describe it is in the Disney Hercules movie when they do the crazy montage for Zero to Hero and they show him like on the urns that they have, it's kind of like that without the handles. And then they would have like little spikes or something that would stick out all around the lip of it and they would take a piece of leather and stretch it over it and like poke it through to keep it sealed so it's like their version of preserving or drawing up something it's called a pithos jar now this is the box for pandora's box and all it is is a translation i don't want to say error because it's not an error it's just when there are different ways that you can translate text from other languages. Some people do it very literally. Some people make it a little bit more, like, updated. So eventually we didn't use jars anymore. So, like, the closest thing that we would have to that particular item would be a box with a lid that closes. So that's where Pandora's box comes from.
0: The Bible is actually a good example of language being adapted for the time. Because yeah, you have as it's been translated, particularly around King James the first. Everybody knows his Bible, King James Bible. It was created and specifically worded in ways that reaffirmed his power. And then you come up to like modern Bibles, which are specifically translated without the these and thous, and it's put into a context that makes it easier for like a modern day person to understand. Mm-hmm. So like this happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. Concept of language. <laughs> evolves over time. So you can, for instance, Mary Magdalene, you can look at her and be like, well, this word obviously means prostitute, but that word now translated into our language doesn't necessarily mean that anymore. Back in the 1300s or whatever, when they had that word, that might have been what it meant, but now they're like,
1: yeah, yeah, there's, especially with like the ancient Greek texts, I know that there was um, this uh, female linguist who recently um, did her translated version of the Iliad or the Odyssey. I don't Whichever one came first. Odyssey? Okay. Oh, I, no. I should know this. And I yeah. don't. So anyways, like, there are several that are, like, the official versions, like, the ones that everyone uses of the translated text. But she kind of came under a lot of hate from the <clears throat> white male community for some of her choices in there because, like she went for a more literal translation so like instead of calling this person you know oh they were a prostitute or a whore she calls them a young girl because that's what they are they're young so girls.
0: you know right. that language yeah those words had multiple meanings oh, yeah. and actually the word for prostitute literally meant prostitute or whore or young woman, or young unmarried woman is what I think it was. Like, there's different meanings, and certain meanings were selected for very specific reasons, usually to reflect on the time that it's being translated, to reinforce some yeah. sort of societal standard.
1: Yeah, um, I know another big one was that there, there's a term that they use in a most translated text, they refer to them as like servants, or maids, or, you know, like a kitchen worker, or something like that, and she's like, they're slaves. Like, they're literally slaves. Call them what they are. They are black and brown slaves. (laughs) Don't call them, you know, like, a scullery maid or something. Like, that's not what they are or were. This word means slaves. So We we also
0: do this in our podcast because I mean, like, for instance, what was it? The Twelve Dancing Princesses? They called them the black servants or whatever. And I'm like, they're slaves. They're obviously slaves. Like, yeah. <laughs> can you not whitewash this? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so
1: but like things like that, you know, the box thing, that's where like the whole box comes from. Is that just, it's just a of- container? yeah translation like I said I don't want to call it an error because it's not an error it's just the way that things are translated can take on a different context to make it more sense. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna know what the fuck I had to look up what a pithos jar was I I legitimately had to look up and see an image and be like what okay like yeah, I
0: think of the amphora when I think of ancient Greek
1: yeah, like, I'm like, okay, this is, this is fine. So, anyways, yeah. I just wanted to, like, explain why we call it a box rather than a jar, which is what it is. So,
0: anyways. I still really like Pandora's Tupperware. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my Tupperware brand. Tupperware.
0: She, she has an MLM party where she brings up <laughs> all the other gods and goddesses and shows her Tupperware and tries to sell it.
1: <laughs> you know that Hera will be all over that shit. Pandora's was,
0: Tupperware party.
1: Yes, I need one of every Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways. <laughs> um, so Pandora takes this jar. And she puts it in the house and just kind of forgets about it. You know, like, she's 10 minutes old. (laughs) She's gonna forget about it. So she decides to spend the day with Epimetheus to kind of get to know him. And he comes to find out that she is very curious, which makes sense because she is a baby and doesn't know anything. And he kind of finds it, like, endearing um and so when she asks a question he answers trying to explain everything as best as he can so it's like why is the sky blue why does the ocean have waves what is a fire and why does it burn you know just like (laughs) questions like that like like a child would ask you know (laughs) like you know just all sorts of stuff so they have this like happy honeymoon phase for a while and kind of as time goes on, Epimetheus starts to find it a little less endearing and kind of annoying and tiresome, which as a mom, I completely agree with. But then my child will ask me some weird ass fucking questions, like I will forever remember. How does our skin stay on our bones? And that that exact phrasing is what I was asked. One, one day, just randomly... No, no, there was no context because there was nothing going on, and she's just like, Mommy, how does our skin stay on our bones? I was like, Well, let me break this down for you. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) we have time for this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's an anatomy book,
1: (laughs) you know, like, or like, what's the post going around Facebook? Is a goose a predator? You know, like, some questions are just...
0: too. From my personal experience, yes.
1: You know, just, like, crazy things like that. So, like, I get it. You know, especially when, like, they continue... That's all they do is ask questions, and you're just like, please stop asking questions. It's like, I get it. You know, I can't blame him. And she is relentless in her questions. She has a question to fill every second of every single day about everything and anything. So it kind of, like... Puts them in a sour mood, which, understandable. So from Pandora's perspective, she just yearns for knowledge. She doesn't know anything. And her only means of obtaining knowledge is through Epimetheus because they're the only people there. So she's, like, learning all that she can during the day. And then as, like, time progresses, she starts to find that at night she has a lot of trouble with sleep. Like, she cannot sleep the reason that she can't sleep is because she starts to hear voices whispering to her and she knows that they aren't hers and they aren't familiar so they're not like the voice of the gods that she briefly met for a split second um but like she hears them and they're whispering to her to open the lid on the jar like just crack it a bit take it off, see what's inside, like, you can do it, we have faith in you, let us free, and as time goes on, she, like, starts to suffer from it, because she can't sleep, all she hears are these voices that just, you know, start off as a whisper and get louder and louder and louder, so eventually, she reaches her breaking point and goes to Epimetheus to tell him what's going on, and he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of it, like, just go about your day. So, he goes inside, picks up the jar, and leaves, and just goes and hides this jar from her. And then, like, for a few nights, she's totally fine, has peace, and then wakes up one morning, and the jar is back where it was in the house. And then that night, she starts to hear the voices and just, like, repeats over and over and over again. So, yeah. so (laughs) (laughs) so Epimetheus assumes that Pandora somehow like found the jar and kind of scolds her for it before taking it to go hide it again but then you know that night the jar appears again she hears the voices she can't sleep it's just telling her nonstop, open me open me open me open me so morning comes and Pandora is a hot mess I can't even imagine And she goes crying to her husband to tell him about this and is like, I need you to do something because whatever you're doing isn't working. And he's like, I don't know what to do, but do not open up that jar. Like
0: it's said don't open it. You said don't open it. Number ninety
1: two. Don't open jars
0: that speak to you. (laughs)
1: so he tells her he's like you know I need to go hunting because we need food we need like some supplies I will be right back it's during the day you'll be fine just like do your weaving and kind of like put it out of your mind and we'll see what we can do when I get back so he leaves and Pandora starts like doing her weaving and all of a sudden during the day she starts to hear the voices again they start whispering to her tempting her to open up this jar And this is the first time it's ever happened during the day. And like, no matter what she does, she can't focus on anything but these voices telling her to open up the jar. So they're just telling her, you know, open us up, take a peek, see what we could be, look inside. And she starts to think that, you know, Zeus obviously gave it to her and he wouldn't just give her an empty jar. So like there has to be something inside of this jar. And so her resolve starts to break and her curiosity overrides everything else. And she just has to know what is inside this jar. She has to know. So she goes and takes the jar and takes it outside. Smart move. I I also would not open up a jar from the gods in my own house. (laughs)
0: Speaking to you.
1: And so when it's outside, she decides to just, you know, Peek a little bit, lift it up, peek, and opens up the lid. And then all of a sudden, these like spirits just rush out of the jar. And the moment she sees that, she's like, whoop, nope, closes it, (laughs) right? But the damage is already done. And these spirits are not good by means. They are evil. And all of the evil has just escaped this jar and starts to taunt Pandora. Like, haha, you're a fool, sucks to be you. And then they fly off to corrupt mankind with their evil.
0: Yay! (laughs) Welcome back to the host. (laughs) Right,
1: right. (laughs) So Pandora agrees because she now has the knowledge that she has doomed her own kind. um, And it kind of like waves heavily on her. Like I would also be (laughs) emotionally compromised. Yeah. And so like she's sitting there crying. This jar is there. And then she starts to hear this other voice. And it's this calming, warm voice, and it tells her, you know, don't fear, you know, my name is Hope, and I will remain as a light for mankind. So this kind of, like, fills her with relief, and, you know, like, lightens her spirits, because, you know, there is hope out there. Doesn't appease the g- guilt that she feels. Only
0: if she lets it go. <laughs> <I think>.
1: So... <laughs> So later, um, Epimetheus returns from his hunting, and he learns what Pandora has done. And he, instead of getting angry and being, like, an abusive asshole, is actually kind of sweet. And he consoles her and tells her that there was nothing that could be done against the will of the gods. Like, she was, it was going to happen. There was nothing she could do. So, they have a nice little family together. Um, they have a couple of kids, most notably is the child Pyrrha, who will marry um, King Dukleon, and then they will actually be the two sole survivors of the Great Deluge, which in Greek mythology is the Great Flood. So it's the Great Flood from the Bible.
0: Um, and that
1: is the story of
0: Pandora and her You let hope go, <laughs>
1: lets it go or it does its own thing whatever um and then this marks what is like the end of the golden age of mankind um at the hands of the gods So this is like what brings about all of the horrible things that we start to do like wars and shit all sorts of things so um i'd just like to point out so zeus's anger at the titans and their creation of man is never really fully like contained And this is probably why he likes to go around raping women and forcing them to have (laughs) skins because, yeah. Um, And I did have a moral for this story. Oh, you're going to love it. So the moral of this story is very similar to the moral of like every Greek story ever, which is don't do things for Zeus. (laughs) (laughs)
0: just don't get involved with the gods at all
1: when Zeus comes to you you said no no back off don't come here this is the line do not cross it Okay, that's my moral (laughs) so
0: there you have it (laughs) it's it's interesting um, because I actually have two additional morals that have been put on me as a person I I guess a child Uh, I kind of explained one to you before we start recording Um, this story, I remember specifically being told to me as a way to explain why curiosity is bad and why you should, like, rein in your curious thoughts. I'm a very, very curious person, like, destructively so. That was and, Pandora. Uh, I, I would have been Pandora in a heartbeat, right. but, but only much sooner. I would have been like, dude, as soon as Zeus walked away, what's this? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like... I have, yeah, I have no self-control when it comes to curiosity. So, like, this was a story I remember specifically being told that, like, you should not be this way. And then um, I also remember as I got older, it was, I think it was maybe in college in some sort of, <laughs> some sort of class. <laughs> I can't remember which one at the moment. Yeah. But they used this as an example of how these stories were used to sort of rein in women, Because you had a woman who thirsted for knowledge, who then, like, all the bad things in the world happened because that woman wanted to know something. So it was, like, a way to be like, see, women can't know anything because when they do, when they're educated, shit hits the fan. When really it was all just a man trick anyway. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, I don't know if, see, I don't think this was ever, like, told to me in, like, any sort of cautionary way. Or, like, a, you know, look at how evil woman is, which is a lot of ancient texts are written in that way, you know, women are evil, yada, yada. Um, I don't think I ever have this, like, sort of portrayed to me that way. It was always, you know, like, eh, I guess that might be cautionary. More like a, you know, bad things can happen, but sometimes good things can come from the bad, you know? Because, like... She releases all of the evil, but she brings with it hope because humanity didn't have hope until she opened up that jar. So, I don't I know.
0: It's interesting. I think that's probably the real meaning, you know, is that, like, hope overcomes everything. Yeah. And
1: There's always you know, hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you
0: no, know, it's just used as a way to keep women down.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know Greek mythology especially is... Horrible at that uh, there are a lot of. Uh, I'm just gonna use the term man washing, <laughs> in Greek mythology instead of whitewashing, man washing. Um, yeah, they put a lot on women that was not. Good
0: word, trademark. <laughs>
1: yeah, man washing. They man
0: That also that <laughs> also sounds like something else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We are eleven-year-old boys.
0: <laughs> it happened today. It has been a crazy ass week. We're allowed to find joy in the smallest of things. <laughs> right.
1: So, um, yeah, this is the start of my mythology spree. Um, I don't think I have any non-mythology story planned until like April. <laughs> So I hope you guys enjoy the mythology. It's not all <laughs> Greek, I promise. Like I made sure that I threw in some non-Greek in there. Um, I feel like if I had known this at a younger age that I can make money off of this, um, I definitely would have done that for college. Did not and did not know that. That's all
0: that do had for us today. Make sure if you're listening to this on the podcast, you visit us on YouTube so you can see our lovely faces. Um, that is at F asterisk U C K E D <laughs> fables. So up fables. Sorry. So it's essentially fucked up fables where the U in fucked is an asterisk because censors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because people don't like the arts. and They want to censor us.
0: Fuck Be them. fair. I remember learning in high school in one of my very awesome English classes that the word fuck is the most powerful word in the English language because it can mean almost anything. So we should not be afraid of this word, but censors are, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also check out our podcast if you just want to pop in some headphones and uh, listen to our episodes that way. I believe that's the same. <laughs> F asterisk. UCKED update. Yeah. yeah, I think and so. And find us on Spotify and pretty much anywhere podcasts yeah. are hosted. Or you can also go, or I should say, and you can go to Facebook and join our lovely community of other people who really enjoy the fucked upness of all of these classic stories. <laughs> it's
1: and, the exact uh, same. It's the same.
0: And I think the cover photo is of a mushroom house, so that's how you know that you found the right place.
1: Mushroom (laughs) houses. We should change it to something no, Facebook might not like that. I was gonna say cannibals, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) we we need to come up with like a tagline that's like something to do with cannibalism. Welcome to fucked up fables where cannibalism is common.
1: I feel like we need to do a cannibalism month. Like just a whole month dedicated to stories around it. It's kind of a thing now.
0: But if we did a cannibalism month, it won't be any different than our other months.
1: (laughs) Maybe we should do a whole month where we purposely don't do cannibalism.
0: It's going to be
1: hard. I don't know. We might manage this month with having no cannibalism.
0: I don't know. Uh I don't know what my next episode is going to be and I don't know if I'm next week or not or if I's going to be able to make it back. She's getting married in like
1: no, we... Vi, by the weekend after. It's so we you have
0: next week which will be either you
1: or me. It's up to I guess us which one we want to go with. And I guess if you do this month <laughs> I can do
0: Can you see this? I literally just opened this up to the hair's bride. Guess I found my next story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then I can do the, the extra one in February that we'll have. And then okay. March is just going to be a hot fucking mess.
0: I've already picked out my liquor.
1: Oh <laughs> ah, shit. I have to do that, don't I?
0: I just drink wine.
1: Man, I'm telling maybe, you.
0: Maybe go sober until then. <laughs>
1: No, because remember I said that I have to be drinking mm-hmm. in order to research and write my paper. Otherwise, Lord Dionysus would not approve. <laughs>
0: I'm thinking about winging it, like reading the story before, and then having the story in front of me and going through it and just being seeing what my fucked up mind.
1: <laughs> will I say. feel like we have to do shots before we even like first thing when we start. Just we all <gasps> take a shot cannibalism shots! Every time we mention cannibalism, take a shot! Right, I would say both of our stories do involve cannibalism in March, so I guess we gotta see if Vi's doing cannibalism in March.
0: Yeah.
1: Would it be a fucked up story if it didn't have
0: cannibalism? Well, then this whole month would be shot.
1: Your next episode, your next one might have cannibalism. It
0: might. (laughs) Suspense! I'm holding all all of us in suspense, including myself. Yeah, I don't
1: don't have cannibalism next month. I definitely have necrophilia next month.
0: Ooh, good one. (laughs) All right, I think that's all that we have. (laughs) Before this goes too far off the rails. Bye. Bye!